Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. Boy, howdy, we've had some really wonderful episodes on the New Human Living Radio Show of late. And I think tonight will be very similar. The topic tonight... Men's Wisdom Coaching, The Rise of Conscious Men, and our guest tonight is Mark Wendt. I love that topic, The Rise of Conscious Men. But before we delve into this topic, the, the notion of becoming more conscious, becoming more aware, becoming more awake, it's a very timely topic to talk about because basically the whole flipping world has been turned on its head. Humanity as a whole all over the planet, more or less, has been turned on its head. And, and everybody's routine, everybody's um, sense of normal, sense of comfort, sense of predictability, if you will, has had some pretty big ripples put in it. And when we talk about the subconscious, by its very nature, it's off the radar. It's below our conscious, below our conscious awareness. It's subconscious. And you can't you can't really heal what you can't feel. And the notion of being stirred up, being agitated, being pushed into discomfort, if you will. I mean, the events that are happening in the world today are are happening at such a a global scale. It's beyond the scope of a single human persona and even a single country or nation. It's really a global effect. And when our regular routine is turned on its head and and up through our subconscious comes feelings that perhaps we haven't felt in a while, some of them might not feel very well, but I suggest to you it's always a gift when we connect with feelings that have previously been undetectable, previously been off the radar. And I know you might be pulling your hair out having spent so many weeks in, in uh, stay-at-home confinement, but the the feelings that have been stirred up in you are available to be felt now where previously you might not have felt them for years or even decades. So don't don't run away from this gift. <laughs> this gift of feeling uncomfortable, this gift of feeling agitated, um 
stirred up because everything that you feel inside of you is a reflection of who you have been in the past, a reflection of what you've experienced in the past. And to be present with it is the first step in to help heal it. And the, the beautiful thing about emotions is you're not responsible directly for how other people emotionally respond. Sure, you can be the trigger, but the emotions, if you think about emotions, they happen inside of us. They're an inside job. So the trigger comes into our persona. This event, this situation triggers us, and then the emotions come from the subconscious into the conscious space. And in that moment, you have a new opportunity to create a new relationship with the emotion. So even though it might be a difficult time for you, take the time to allow yourself the space to feel everything that you can, good, bad, or otherwise. And you might actually really heal yourself, um, um, develop your emotional skills, develop your emotional understanding, and come out of this, this uh, epic event on much more stable ground for yourself. But enough about that. I want to get to the show tonight because I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. Again, the topic is Men's Wisdom Coaching, The Rise of Conscious Men, and our guest tonight is Mark Went. We're going to look at a discussion of personal responsibility, creative masculine evolution, and the path to a better world. Our guest tonight, Mark, began his coaching journey at the age of nine, working with children of his parents' workshop clients. Based on the work of Thomas Harris' book, I'm Okay, You're Okay. Since then, Mark has had a professional career in the film industry and for the last several years as a personal coach. He has completed numerous coach training programs and he continues to expand his personal development and integrity through rituals and practice like Qigong, yoga, and ongoing transformational work with his personal coaches. In addition to his full-time personal coaching business, Mark administers a 3,100-person Facebook group dedicated to quantum masculine development. That sounds spot on. I like that. And he leads online workshops dedicated to developing men's intimacy emotional quotient, and communication skills. He's also a musician, songwriter, and a screenplay writer. You can learn more about Mark at markwentcoaching.com. That's M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T-coaching.com. Join me in welcoming Mark to the show. Mark, we're on the show now. 
Nice to talk to you. It's a pleasure to be here, Vlad. I'm delighted I'm really to, grateful you to have you here. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to connect with you and then everyone else that's on this path with you. Well, men's wisdom coaching and the rise of conscious men, the the men archetype, the men genre, the masculine genre, if you will, on this planet at this time has had some pretty tough chapters. Yeah, the path and, of the warrior is never easy. Yeah. Well, the for men it 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 has been a common thing to be told to push it down, push your feelings down, push your your emotions down, suck it up, stand up, don't show your vulnerability and and over time that has perhaps turned into one of the biggest train wrecks of uh, a masculine feminine archetype that you might imagine I mean the the masculine on this planet um, has held so much in for such a long time to to slow down and be still to slow down and and allow to slow down and be present with ourselves is just not something we've been taught to do. Yeah. Yeah, it, we aren't very good at ritual or ceremony or skill training with regards to the full spectrum of what's available to men in terms of their emotional life, their integrity, their imagination. It's been very disruptive to um, have this increase in the focus on the material. And one of the places I love to start is that stoicism, which tends to be viewed as the masculine ideal, has gotten kind of a bad rap. There were a time, there was a time in history where stoicism didn't mean emotionally unavailable or fragile. It actually meant well-developed. When you look at Marcus Aurelius and, and these others, they've written some of the most emotional material you can imagine. But this capacity that we identify with is the capacity to be still, as you said, and present in the maelstrom, the maelstrom of war, the maelstrom of difficulty in a social structure, or even present and having good structure in the maelstrom of an emotional moment with the feminine. What we've lost is our emotional capacity within that framework. Like we've taught men to be super powered and super structured and rigid, but we let go of the rich, creamy center of that. And we don't teach that part as effectively as being a big part of what holds up the structure. Masculine structure is an important aspect of that role, the ability to withstand and stand your ground, to be brave, to let go of the emotional tide as it sweeps over you in the 
moment of um, war or the moment of crisis. That's an important aspect of warriorship. But it's also equally important to be able to communicate the emotional content to motivate one the other warriors, but also the other members of your social group as to the condition of your heart, what's speaking through you beyond intellect. And so what I do in my work is I reconnect men to their capacity to feel and then help build the skills in communication that they need to convey those in an effective way that actually helps them feel more, you know, intimacy in their relationships. And then at the deeper level, closer to their own purpose, their own desire and how they want to show up in the world. It's a combination of heart, soul, and mind integrated. And I love doing it. Like, Yeah. Well, heart, soul, and mind, the the trilogy, if you will, of of the human persona, are it, it's uh, it's a curious thing that our minds, when our minds get busy, right, um, and we're looking at the phone and we're we're checking social postings and we're in this this monkey mind, busy, busy mind. It it seems like the ego, the mind, is the lowest common denominator as far as how we spend our consciousness or our awareness. And when we slow down, like um, with this global event, a lot of us, millions of us, have had to slow down for weeks and weeks. And uh, when we, when our mind slows down, it it opens up a portal or a doorway for the the information, the wisdom, the passion of our heart and our soul to become more prominent in our everyday moments, if you will. And, you know, um, you had mentioned before the show about uh, performing um, uh, a ceremony on the show. I think that would be a good idea in the sense of, of slowing things down, even in this conversation. If, if you're open to that, I think, I think that would be a, a wonderful element. Let's do it. So everyone, not just the masculine or men and women, but everyone's invited right now to sit if you can, stand if you must, and feel your spine straighten, lift your head, but remain grounded. And then breathe in, breathe deeply into your belly. And as we engage in this together collectively, I call in the spirits of the ancestors, the sacred archetypes, all of the wholesome elements that want to see humanity succeed in the world through love and the power of iterating a better possibility for all of us, for the greater good of all and the healing of the great mother, the father sky, 
and all of the beings on the planet. And so I set this container now with that intention. And here we are together. I like that. So I think this is this is a nice time to talk about um, some of the elements you mentioned, the the ancestors and the the archetypes. I mean, we're not alone in this struggle. We're not alone in this journey. And there's there's support. There's beings that have such uh, deep love for us that um, through our inv- invitation are more than willing to hold us in in consciousness and intent. And um, if we choose, it's always a free will thing, if we choose to connect to the to the wisdom I mean of of an intelligence that's outside of ourselves. We don't have to do this by ourselves. I, I, certainly the masculine um, can have this um, feeling that asking for help or opening up in a soft way, opening up in a gentle way might be out of the wheelhouse, out of the experience base of of men and and in that invocation you you describe that those those elements of um, of the support group that we all have. Yeah, it's a context really. What it really comes down to, though, as you said, with the word choice, is the access we have as individuals to the mystery school of experience. And in that sense, yeah, we are in the context. We are in a vast consciousness that is reality. But the wisdom actually comes through our own innate experience. It's through, as Emerson said, self-awareness that all virtues are revealed. So what we do with our consciousness and learning to trust ourselves provides the basis for our experience of wisdom as individuals. We're actually moving from a time when the social context, the group context, held us more tightly into the era of the individual development being the next step in our evolution, we have to learn to rely on our own innate wisdom and to take the lessons that we're brought here to learn and do it for ourselves, with ourselves, in the greater context. It's not like we're alone, but the work, the the juicy part, is in facing ourselves, in learning to uncover the uncomfortable feelings or learning to be stronger depending on where you are in the spectrum. Some people have more of a soft side that they lead with, and for them, structure and strength and stability is the path 
to learning, the wisdom they need to gain. And others are brought up in the context of strength, structure, and stability, and then they need to learn softness. And this is a great gateway into self-forgiveness and letting go of shame because there's nothing wrong with you wherever you fall on the spectrum of, of this journey. It's just a, an opportunity for you to cultivate that which you yearn for, that which is where you acquire the next level of wisdom. So for men, we typically think of men wanting to acquire a feeling nature and emotional skills, and for many that's the case. But for many of my uh, generation, and I'm 57, we were brought up in the first era of feminism in the Western culture, and this idea that men were supposed to have a stronger feeling nature, and we weren't taught really well how to be skillful in that way. And so there was some blowback to that because men who are in their feminine or their feeling nature a lot more have a harder time having the relationships they want with women because that feminine side is leading. And so men like that might be part of an archetype that we'll call the sensitive new age guy. And he may not have access to the strength and power of his warriorship the way that he would like or the way that a, a feminine or a woman might respond to with some of the dynamic that men and women want for each other. So that person wants to develop structure and warriorship and masculine capacity and the non-toxic aspects of stoicism. Whereas someone whose father might have been in the military might have the opposite sort of yearning because his structure and his capacity to hold and be stoic is already ingrained in his upbringing. And for him, he wants to learn how to connect more with intimacy and how to have the kinds of conversations that allow him to feel but not feel weak or less than in that context. He wants to be a warrior of the heart, so to speak. So, we are all on this incredible discovery, depending on where we, we fit within the potential, within the spectrum. And there's no wrong or right, really, way to do it. There's only cultivating the wisdom that's available to you in this lifetime for the best outcome that you can bring to your family, to your tribe, to your community. And then harnessing that in the work. How can you show up every day and be action-oriented and creative using the power of the creator as you've been your divine legacy, if you will, to affect positive outcomes for ourselves, our families, the planet, and build things that foster more and more evolutionary potential of humankind? Willingness to see your weaknesses to have men that will give you feedback that's nurturing and then skill set training for how to make it to the next level, the next quantum leap forward. That's a great gift to give your brothers. And women want men who can find their way to that developmental cycle. Well, as you were talking, I mean, it, it really – um, kind of highlighted or portrayed how the, the, the soft and the 
the soft element of a, a masculine persona and the hard element of a masculine persona are shadow sides of each other. The I like the the notion of a pendulum and in, in that if a pendulum's just hanging straight down it's neither left or right. And if we swing it up to one side and we have uh, so, so to put it in context, uh, the notion of power, personal power. So in the middle, it's neither left or right. We swing it up on one side, and and maybe the idea of power here is a CEO of a multi-billion-dollar company, flashy car, big house, um, and and in in that sense, a very powerful persona. And then we bring the pendulum down to back to center, and then we bring it up on the other side, and and here's perhaps a homeless person, a homeless man, and he has nothing. I mean, his the his world is in constant upheaval, and where he stays tonight might be different from last night, and he might have no idea where he's going to stay tomorrow night. And in either case, they're both stuck in the sense that their their identity is one side of a spectrum of potential. And and there's power there's power to be had to surrender your sense of self. Like so the um for the homeless person to to take on order, to take on structure, to take on responsibility would be a shift. And the and the CEO to surrender a sense of control, to allow things to ebb and flow would would be movement for both of them to bring a a deeper sense of balance. And and then you were just tying that into the notion of a relationship, it seems like um, we birth, we bring forth new um, aspects of ourselves when we can um, loosen the pendulum and allow a more dynamic range for ourselves to express, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a great structural metaphor. And I want to just kind of, I want to blow it up. It's happening instantaneously. Like even a pendulum, the time it takes to swing in milliseconds, at the quantum level, all of that polarity is completely available instantaneously, depending on your intention and your access to your own conscious ability to move energy towards that focus outcome. And in both of the two men you described, neither one is required by karma to shift to the direction that we were, that we're presupposing. The power of choice right. has to be true freedom in order for it to actually be of any value. So there's no need for the homeless guy to have to be different than he actually is for him to receive 
the evolution of his consciousness that is due him in his perception and in his gift of life. And the CEO, it's the same thing. It's actually in the lessons of where they're at that the true wisdom comes. What is it that a CEO can learn about the crucible of being a CEO that will help his character develop for him to have more empathy for the humanness of his uh, corporate culture as opposed to the number side. And, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with homelessness, so I might not be able to really have the full empathy of what that experience might be birthing in, in that person's experience, but it's ultimate freedom in a sort of way that we don't understand in the Western materialism model. No one tells that guy what time to wake up. No one tells that guy what to eat, right, or where to go, whether he should be indoors or outdoors. Now, there's consequences to go with that freedom, as there are consequences for the CEO in his supposed safety of his particular world. So what that opens up is this vast amount of humans, and we're all incarnate on this planet. And we have the gift of life, and within that, each individual has to define their relationship to that gift and what they're going to bring forth out of their choices that will bring them to a greater degree of spiritual evolution, of wisdom, right? And within that, there's the collective evolution of our planet and of the next context of the next life, if, if you buy into this multi-life sort of approach to things, which I do. So freedom, I love this joke. My friend Michael taught me this, and he says, of course I have free will. I have no choice, right? And that's kind of a paradox, right? I like that. We all must, we get to choose, but we also must choose. And even not choosing is a form of choice. And so in each biography, we come in with what might be considered a set of parameters that are based on our lineage, our, our ancestral context and what we learn. And as I was saying earlier, the son of a military man has his context. And then the son of um, a soft yogi, who grew up in the post-feminist 70s, 60s, 70s paradigm, has his context. And all right. of it's fine. It's, it's all yeah. perfectly as it's supposed to be. And what happens is hearts yearn for what it is they're here for. And the answer to that question is sought, as if that is an attention reaching outside to receive the answer. And what I teach and what I coach towards is the idea that the answer is also within. And it comes through the fundamental recognition of your own basic goodness. There's nothing wrong with you. And then the curiosity about what more is possible within your particular biography and desire and ethics and a sense of purpose all become the compass by which we steer the ship of life. What is it you seek? What is it you yearn for? What does your heart want to know that it hasn't known before? What is the desire for your creative energy to render into this world? 
And so much of our context right now is around material science and around the breaking apart of phenomena to understand them. And we're at the dawning of the reintegration idea, the idea that it's the cohesive, holistic nature of reality that wants to be discovered. It's not necessarily the parts and how they can be seen when you break them apart, but how they work together and how harmonious they are and what power with as opposed to power over. A lot of masculine endeavor has been about having power over. We use dominance, we use competition, and we grab power and we impose will. But when you find that there's a resonance that's cooperative, where there's a potential where we all get what we want, there's even greater in power in that. And we're just learning to discover that. In fact, there's been this shift out of Darwinism, which is kind of like this superiority or, or power of the fittest sort of modality that we social Darwinists say that it's the survival of the fittest, the competition motif. But more and more biologists are telling us, well, there's social groups that actually benefit better from cooperative nature. And I was just listening to Alan Greenspan on Bloomberg Radio, of all things, and he was asked, well, what are we going to do with the economic impact of our current crisis? And there he was saying that we might need to take the plunge and look to Sweden and towards more cooperative types of economic structures to get through this period. And there he was, like the most capitalist advocate I can think of, talking about the need for a kind of community-based thinking in our economic life. And so out of these strange necessities, these contexts where we're thrust into crisis and we're thrust into facing our shadows, we then reach for that which is, wants to be born into our experience, the possibility that we have yet to discover. And that yearning and that curiosity and that courage to take a step into the unknown actually drives our motivation on a really, really deep level. You know, what's over that hill? You know, can we get to the moon? What if I did the science experiment and ended up discovering, you know, penicillin? And it just goes on and on forever and in infinitely. The potential for humanity is infinite. And now we're into this thing where masculine and feminine archetypes are blending in the LGBT community. And, and a man doesn't necessarily have to embody just his masculine side. We're actually full spectrum. We have feminine parts and we have masculine parts. And a woman who feels like she wants to have short hair and be the dominant person in a lesbian relationship, she might actually feel more masculine than some men who are passive and in their feeling nature and don't really want to be in charge in a relationship. And that makes things very confusing for people, but it doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make you wrong. And so the challenge for human beings is to learn to find stasis and hope and love and approval for themselves and their own desire in the context of how to create the world that they want to create and how to have the influence and take action towards the part that wants to be better. How do we take this somewhere 
that elevates and renews and puts us in harmony with the processes of nature. Growth and decay are constantly happening in real time together. And it's from the decay of the soil that the new bud can be born. And then the bud dies and becomes the fecund nature that then is used again and again. And so we have this cyclical nature, this movement from, from one part of the spectrum to the other and back again. And you describe that pendulum as a pendulum, right? And that's not a bad metaphor. It's not a bad way to look at it. But there's subtleties to all of the different descriptions that are both serviceable and then miss a piece of the mystery. And so the great thing about the conundrum of this life is we're never going to figure it all out. And that's great because we need curiosity. We need some reason to seek more. And something, because if you just get into stasis, you get kind of bored. You, you get stagnant, right? You, you have, there's no energy moving. There's no curiosity. There's no creativity. And then that doesn't feel good. And then if you're always in motion and always seeking, then you feel lost. You don't feel any ground. And everyone's in a different state of those, of some kind of polarity of that. And in my world, in, in what I've chosen in my life, is to take the context of the things my father taught me and my mother taught me and bring them into service of other people. Because I was born in the 60s and I was raised in the possibility of a whole new way of being together, that humanity could take on a new possibility. And the model that was expressed to me looked a lot like the power of natural harmony, the power of cooperation, the elimination of war, and the recognition of its lack of utility. And as an American, I'm enamored of this ideal of the ballot over the bullet, the idea that everyone can have a say in the decisions we make collectively for the betterment of all. And I'll just speak this now. I believe it's possible to take representative government and implode the amount of representatives we have on a quantum level so that instead of 100 senators, let's say we have 100,000. And in the House of Representatives, we have, you know, 486,000. And then you have a better chance of actually going down to the corner and meeting your senator and having a conversation with them. And that would reflect then in the way we do this thing we call America. And that's just one of the many possibilities out there, right? And that's my personal passion, like as far as politics goes. But bigger than that is I, I hate this division that we have. Like being mad at a masculine, strong masculine guy or being mad at a, uh, a soft masculine guy or being mad at someone who supports the current president or being mad at someone who supported the person running in 2016, that division breeds more fire and less cohesion and less possibility for unity. And, you know, the old adage, united we stand, divided we fall. Like somehow we have to figure this out because if, if war is the only solution, if all we can think about is criticizing and destroying each other in order to have power over, then we'll end up in the embodiment of hell on the planet. It'll be a fiery existence every time we incarnate. But if we can figure out harmonious living and return to the garden, 
where we are in harmony with the plants and the nature and the animals, then every incarnation is heaven. And I think it's possible. I'm a, I believe that it's possible. And I operate from that potentiality that we can overcome what we see as the blockages, that we can create the embodiment of divinity within each of our five-meter sphere of influence. Each of us can take responsibility for our own experience and create the best possible outcome for ourselves and the people next to us. And it takes heart, soul, and intelligence in a harmonious expression to put together the energy needed to overcome the obstacles and the resistance to that and recognizing that life is all around us. It's everywhere. Even in the wood that you made your desk out of, it's still alive. Even though it's been chopped down and shaped and even stones have life in them. They vibrate. And we're getting this from quantum physics now. Nothing is static. It's all vibrating. It's all got this energized aspect to it but science hasn't given us a clear picture of it and faith hasn't given us a clear picture of it and science and religion are on this course where they're going to meet somewhere in the future and they're going to harmonize both of these energies this energy of intellect and this energy of understanding and faith and heart and we're going to create out of that the thing that actually gets us to the stars the thing that actually creates the potential for the infinite human experience. Well, in a in a in a pattern of struggle. I, first of all, I, I love everything you said. I uh, beautifully spoken. Um, very good. I like it. So, if we look at the 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 masculine in a sense of perhaps a pattern of 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 angst and fret like uh multiple relationships that don't last very long um lack of trust with each other um Perhaps you were raised with that military father dynamic and the idea of controlling this situation as a as a survival tactic, really. And then you go into relationships, and there's a hunger for a an opening or a more dynamic or a more authentic expression. It's like you've got all your weight on one foot in in the sense that if I if I keep everything in control, maybe it won't fall apart. And for the male archetype, for the for the masculine dynamic, um, I think women can be very, very frustrated with men that aren't willing to open up to to let down that guard to let down the dynamic and if a man has had painful emotional relationships that have broken apart in in very 
painful and hurtful ways, how do you how do you break a momentum like that up? I mean, how do you bring in the the, the new dynamic? It, it it can be such a fearful thing to to let go of of what you've been taught, even though it's not working. Even though it's not working, there's a sense of comfort in it. I mean, how do you move out of that dynamic into um, something more whole, more um, encompassing? Yeah. Well, for most men, myself included, it's when the pain of staying the same is worse than the fear of what might have to be broken up in order to have the change. When the desire for the change is greater than the desire to stay where you are. Then once you cross that threshold, it's then, well, what, what tools do I have access to? What can my fellows, my brothers offer me to help me navigate it? Where is an example around me where I can see and practice higher consciousness or more emotional capacity for intimacy. And that's where I come in. I have lots of tools and I know lots of men who've made the transition and I've been through the crucible myself. So that becomes the path, but the motivation comes from willingness to, to enter into the greater discomfort than staying where you are and not everybody's up for it and you can't make people. So it's, it just comes down to everyone's personal path. You know, if a man loses a relationship with the woman that he loved and the intimacy that they had dies, that often becomes the catalyst for his curiosity and his willingness to break out of the old way of being and to form a new possibility for himself. And often that's what it takes. It takes that kind of breakdown in intimacy for it to be enough of a motivation for them to take the next step. For others, it's just curiosity is enough. They want to know um, more about how to have an intimate emotional relationship with that woman. And the other end of the spectrum is a man might be really good at emotions because let's say he was raised by his mother without a, a dominant male in the house. And he's super good at feelings and expressing that part of himself. But the woman isn't turned on by that. And she wants a man who's a doer, an action man, a creator who has strength and structure and intention and uh, courage. And she can't change his mind based on his feeling nature. So he wants to develop strength and structure and a kind of clarity of purpose that's unflappable and not subject to the whims of the emotional breezes that are blowing through his life. And so each of those two archetypes are drawn to the shift by the discomfort of not being in the stasis anymore. And it just, it happens over time. People, get to that point and strangely enough, it's either an argument in the relationship that has them become motivated or the actual breaking down of the relationship and the permanent dissolution of it that makes them curious enough to take the steps. And everyone's different and you just never know. 
And as a coach, what I do is I meet the men I work with right where they are. And I just honor them for where they are in their journey. And I'm in full approval of who they are because we're all basically good. We're all basically doing our best. And then we break it out. We start to uncover what are the shadows? What are the weaker parts? And what are the dominant parts? And where is there a curiosity in them that wants to find the next level? And then I nurture that curiosity and I point it back towards their own insides because ultimately they have the power of their own transformation. I'm just the guide. I'm not going to do it for them. They are the ones who have to engage their energies and shift the frequency. The path for them starts with the curiosity and maybe the pain motivation to change. And then I just remind them that they were created for this, that they are inherently built to evolve and change and create the next possibility for themselves. And how, what's the path? And I point them towards their own desire because their own desire usually is in totally in alignment with the thing that will get them that result. And then I support them in the practice of it because as we know, consistency and practice is the key to growth and development. If you want to be an astronaut, you've got to get your math done. You've got to stay in good shape, right? If you want to build bridges, you have to understand engineering. If you want to be a martial artist, you have to practice every day. If you want to be a rock star, you have to get good at that, right? The whole 10,000 hours theory. But the key to it is knowing what you love. And everything flows from that, learning what you love and being in approval of who you are at a root level for what you love. And it takes all kinds. There's 3.5 billion dudes on the planet. And one thing doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, you might want to be a physician and that other guy might want to be in ballet. And nobody's wrong for that. Right. Well, it's... uh... It's a softening of expectations, too. When you go to try on new new, uh, attributes, when you go to to open up to let the pendulum swing in the other direction, there's some compassion compassion for yourself that plays into this, too, because invariably, whenever we do something new, we're not always the best at it the first time we do it, it, it's creating space as well to to trip and fall and and know that's part of the journey and and not um, decide if if the journey is wrong just because it's awkward or clumsy at first too it seems like it's and especially in a relationship to give space to hold space for the the other side to to show up in a new way that might not um, be natural, might not be um, organic yet, but yet it does move um, them to a a deeper sense of wholeness, a deeper sense of authenticity, if you will. I I really like that. Well, we've got about um, six minutes left. I want to make sure that the audience knows about you, your services, your platform, how to engage, um, what you have to offer. Can you share that with our audience now? So I'm a men's wisdom coach, and what that means is 
I work with people to create the results they want and repurpose their lives and give them better access to emotional capacity or strength and structure capacity. And strangely enough, as I've developed that capacity and, and that focus, it turns out that 30% of my clients are women. And that's because human dynamics are human dynamics. The whole masculine feminine breakdown actually sort of becomes less useful the more we become locked into the idea of it. We're all humans on a path who have different spectrums available to us. And the way to get a hold of me is just to go to my website, marcwendtcoaching.com, and take a look around. You can book a free appointment with me and see if we're a good fit. We can talk about what works for you. You can read about the results my clients have had and get a sense of, of what it is that is my vibe, what I like to work with and, and how I work. That's probably the best way. You can also text me and just like bang right through, like boom, I got this device sitting right next to me right now. And the number is 415-328-7668. And don't worry about it because I turn that thing off. Like I have boundaries. I have a practice around my digital device. So if you want to get a hold of me, 415-328-7668 or markwentcoaching.com. I discovered after my experience in the film industry that I wanted to continue to have the inspiration that I got from that experience. It was an amazing experience. And the, the thing that really lit me up that was the love that would just, that would drive the passion and purpose and energy so that I don't feel like I work, I feel like I live, was being of service. And at my Heart of Immersion workshop that I went to in January, I received a great teaching. And one of the things that I received was the clarity of my mission. And so I'll just say that for everyone. My purpose is to serve and to learn. And the clarity that I have about that is hard won. And I would love to help you achieve the level of clarity that's right for you. And I am so happy to be of service in this life in the possibility that we can all make this planet better. I was born into the idealism of the 60s and the counterculture movement, and I've lived through all of the various iterations of our current culture, and I've not lost my hope and belief that a better world is possible. And so that gets me out of bed every day, ready to serve people one at a time, towards the goal of making the world a better place. Well, very nice. Um, do you, uh, and I, you've been sharing your thoughts, but um, do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? There's nothing wrong with you. You were born into this world just the way you're supposed to. And love is the answer. Fear is not the answer. Choose love over fear every time and go out there and try it. Life is worth doing. Well, very nice. 
Well, Mark, um, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I very much have enjoyed this conversation. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, I, I very much appreciate what uh, you've brought to this episode. It, it's obvious that you've immersed yourself in this context for quite some time with a deep sense of uh, passion and compassion and it shows. So I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I want to thank you, Les, for having the conversation with me and being available to connect with your heart. And I can't wait to dive deep into your archive and hear all the things that I haven't heard yet there. Thanks for being our guest. We've been talking to Mark Went, and the topic tonight has been Men's Wisdom Coaching, The Rise of Conscious Men. The Rise of Conscious Men. It's a, it's a powerful thing to consider yourself a vehicle of change. It's a powerful thing to consider yourself uh, an entry point of inspiration, an entry point of a new vision, a new idea. The heart of humanity is hungry for a more authentic story. The heart of humanity is hungry for a, 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 a more compelling vision of the future, something that supports us and sustains us across the board, top to bottom, left to right. I think humanity wants the, the um its whole persona, if you will, to be acknowledged, supported, and embraced. And the way that happens, the way we move out of the old dynamic into the new dynamic is through the human persona, through people like you. When your heart and your soul inspire you for a new idea, when it's birthed in your consciousness, when you have that aha moment, and then you know what to do with it. You don't discount it. You don't criticize it. You don't pull it up into your ego and start um, breaking it apart. Your heart and your soul has wisdom that your ego can't even comprehend. Your heart and your soul has a vision, uh, a perspective, a point of view that the ego cannot comprehend. And it's always a, a very deeply satisfying and fulfilling thing to do to capture that inspiration, the inspiration from your heart and your soul, to capture that and then honor it through through actions, through focus, through intention, and bring it into fruition, and then turn around and do it again. Humanity's at, at a crossroads, a turning point. We've, we're coming around the bend, if you will. It's quite obvious that the future is going to be different than the past ever was. And it's now, it's these days. These are the days of the new beginning, the dawn of the new era, if you will. And here you are now. Wow. 
I created the New Human Living Platform to help people understand the power of who they are, the power of a single human persona. You can go to newhumanliving.com and sign up for the newsletter and look at the material there. I'm here to help you fully embody the, the totality of your potential. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.